0: Today's episode is brought to you by Drizzly, beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes. Let's face it, we've all been in that situation where you forgot to pick something up and you just don't want to get back in your car and head back to the store and get it. Well, Drizzly has you covered. Shop and order from thousands of products from local retailers with absolutely no markup. Seriously. And if you head over to unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y right now and enter the promo code drizzlydeal, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Sit back and relax and order yourself a six-pack or a nice bottle of Cab salve or a handle of Buffalo Trace if you so wish. Do it all with Drizzly at unitedwedrink.com slash Drizzly. And then use the promo code DrizzlyDeal, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, and you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Drizzly. Beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes must be 21 to use enjoy responsibly the opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts employers co-workers family or imaginary friends now enjoy the show happy hour more like amateur hour welcome to united we drink Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a podcast that gets blown off by guests more than Geraldo Rivera. Welcome to United We Drink, right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mikey Revich, and I'm already well over summer, and it hasn't even started yet. I'm joined by my two co-hosts. First up is a man whose greatest accomplishment at one time was shotgunning a can of 10-50, Here's Phil Palmisano.
1: I, it goes down significantly smoother than what most people believe it does. Um, it's almost like YooHoo chocolate milk going down the back of your esophagus. It's a, it's a very smooth shotgun. I I would highly recommend it to anyone that wanted to try it, or that just wants to do damage to a friend, or maybe lose a friend.
0: Uh, would you still say that that's in your top five accomplishments of all time?
1: No, not anymore.
0: Oh, it's been bumped. Yeah. Shame. Sorry. Next up is someone who seems to be detoxing from enjoying Arby's. Here's Joel Codner.
2: <laughs> no, it's everything else. That's the, that's the toxins. The Arby's is nutrition
0: and, and minerals and vitamins. Oh, that's
1: a
2: stretch. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: that might be the first time that Arby's vitamins and minerals were all said in the same sentence.
1: Unless it was Arby's has Joel. no vitamins or minerals. <laughs>
0: Definitely no minerals.
2: And I believe I was there to crush a 1050 as well. There,
1: smooth.
0: I, there was a, a was few that occasions that? that that happened. I remember yeah. I remember Key West one time. Oh. And I feel like in the parking lot of the Funky Buddha Lounge, uh, it happened at one point too. I
1: know it happened. A lot, of, before. a lot of bad things happened there. Uh, drinking made easy show in Fort Lauderdale. Um, back in the day, in Culture Rooms parking lot, as well as uh, some shotgun roulette, uh, New Year's Eve parties that I've been to as well. So, a lot
0: of those times were in parking lots. Now yeah. that I think
1: about it, because yeah. in Key West was a parking lot too. We would tailgate for the tailgate, but uh, tailgate for times. the sake of tailgating. Yeah, simpler times, guys. Simpler times.
0: Alright, gentlemen. We're recording on a morning. So is anyone drinking anything other than coffee? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I need more coffee is really what it is.
0: Yeah, I'm almost done with mine because it took Joel thirty minutes to boot up his computer this morning. <laughs> um so it's been a, it's been a bit since we, we did one of these types of shows. Uh we were supposed to we did a had a nice interview with Sean Nordquist from the Brewers Guild a couple weeks ago. We were hoping to do another interview this week, but uh, got canceled on uh, close to last minute. So here we are doing a, a a regular show, and we are going to discuss what we were going to discuss with the, with the guest anyway. Let's talk about retail. Let's talk about uh, shelf space because, you know— these things have changed considerably in the COVID-19 era. Um, Phil probably has the, the best perspective of what's going on out there of the three of us because he is back out on the road and working his markets. Um, so we'll start with you, Phil. Like what, what types of differences are you seeing from the pre-COVID era to what we're going through right now?
1: Well, outside of the obvious of on-premise business or bars and restaurants um, not really operating at 100% um, or even anywhere near there, um, what we're, what I'm seeing, and, and we actually have never stopped being out in the market. We continued to smartly, smartly smartly is not a word, uh, intelligently navigate as best as we possibly could. Um, within the uh, off-premise and make sure that our teams are safe but we are seeing package sales obviously uh, skyrocketing uh, grocery for any any supplier or brewery that can find themselves within a grocery set you tend to see some pretty strong trends right now iri scan data is still showing growth within that segment of business in particular Um, when you look at the popular styles, you still see that IPA, that Belgian wit wheat, wheat category. Light loggers are coming up, um, and I I think I I've had multiple conversations within uh, work circles as well as personal circles within the past like two three weeks and. I really believe that the consumer isn't necessarily drinking more, even though we all believe that we're drinking more because we're embalming at home on a very regular basis. But we have also, for the most part, removed the bar scene. And so where you would go and get dinner and a, a beer or two, you're coming home and you're having... a you know, four beers. Well, you may have had two more beers when you came home from the bar. So in theory, you're drinking the same. You're just, your occasions of drinking are a little bit different. Maybe you start your, you know, weekend drinking or even weekday drinking a little bit earlier. Um, All of that sort of leads to higher package sales for the time being. Uh, We are seeing some consumers trade up to craft. Um, I, we... (laughs) I I have a thought process behind that, which we can get into a little bit later. But, um, you know, craft beer is still very much so a premium luxury product.
0: So you're saying that you think that there are people going up from macro into craft?
1: Is that what you meant? I I would imagine probably more on the import side for the time being, trading up just, you know, a dollar or two. From maybe it's their, you know, Modelo, their Corona, their whatever, and experimenting with um, maybe uh, entry level craft beer. We are seeing legacy brands. If you look at scan data, um, legacy brands in particular are performing very well right now. Now, also, I mean, for us down here in Florida, we just went through a BOGO with Sierra Nevada, and I loaded up i mean why wouldn't i pick up some pale ale or some hazy little thing while well, let's buy one get one um but you are seeing those consistent trends of fat tire um sierra pale sam c uh sam adams uh sam seasonal products uh dale's Paleo. the the old it's sort of salty players that got us there not salty in taste but <laughs> just have been there for a while they're surly um, they're curmudgeons yeah. And that the old guys are getting, you know, they're getting the love right now because the consumer is trying to get in and out of that grocery store as quickly as possible or they're ordering online and they're just ordering what they know um, so that, you know, time to browse the aisle is probably less than what it was.
0: Uh, the, the legacy brand information is pretty, pretty cool to, to hear because, uh, yeah, when you think about it, those are the ones that you're going to see in the grocery store a lot. And I've been hearing a lot of people saying that your big box uh, liquor stores are not really doing as great as you would think from this uh, this whole thing because people are going to the grocery store to pick up the, the things that they need and are just grabbing beer there since they're there and just getting out in and out as quickly as possible and don't want to spend too much time browsing the aisles of, of a liquor store. Um, with that said, like Joel, you have been in a, a few, uh, liquor stores recently, uh, chasing down some, some Allagash white and looking (laughs) for specific types of bourbon. Uh, what have you noticed being inside of them?
1: Um,
2: well, I think you guys have a great point about the grocery and how prevalent it is rather than, you know, people going, all right, I'll go to the grocery and the liquor store. You know, if you can get everything at one stop, that's that's definitely what is going to happen. And, of course, it's perfect timing that my local public stops selling my wife's favorite wine that she goes through like water. So I have to go to both no matter what now. But, um, yeah, I've seen lots of beer at, you know, the bottle shops and, and, and the liquor stores That, you know, for the past few months, we thought was just selling like hotcakes based on, you know, what everybody's posting about, you know, completely pivoting to package. But, you know, you go into some of these stores and there's stuff that's still very old. And this was a problem before COVID, but it seems like even now that that beer has really piled up. I mean, I was trying to put together a box of locals for someone and I literally could not find a single fresh one.
0: You you said that you saw things that would have been out of code even before this this whole thing went down from uh, a few months ago.
2: Yeah, IPAs from January shit like that even if they had a code at all. Uh
0: by the way, I know I put that out here p- privately to you but hit me up. I'll I'll hook you up with some fresh fresh Copper Point beer and a box I don't if want you any need shit. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: Thank you. I'll take you up on that.
0: Um, but yeah, I went into uh, one of the stores to get my my fix of allagash and I just did a quick little walk through the seasonal section which the seasonal limited release section, which is stupid large, and there were still winter beers on the shelves. There were still yeah. fall beers on the shelf. And I'm fairly certain they weren't new fall beers. Although pumpkin beers will start coming out next month. <laughs> um, and, and, I and give
1: it about two weeks, three weeks.
0: <laughs> but they even have the little cards up that, on the, on the shelf talkers that are like fall. Here's your fall beers. Here are your winter beers. Like really? Like, uh, and, this is this is why I I wish we could have had our guest on because there's there's some questions I have about like why this stuff really goes on like this but I know some of the answer uh and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't stock their shelves all that that much uh it's your but also wholesalers mind, and your
1: your keep in mind when when you're talking about seasonals and like old winter beers or old fall beers Um, most of the time, the retailer is purchasing based off of trends from the year previous. And when you start to see a slowing down, and we can utilize something like pumpkin beers in particular, two years ago, there were so many pumpkin beers on the shelf in the middle of summer because pumpkin beers came to a screeching halt. And then you actually saw some breweries pivot last year and not put pumpkin beer out like they used to and so your pumpkin beer selection sort of shrunk down and as the selection shrunk down what what i saw and and i didn't have a pumpkin beer in package last year that i was selling the retailers tried to buy as much as possible from less re- or from less suppliers and the consumer in my opinion, sort of held off waiting for their favorite pumpkin beer that they thought they were going to see from Brewery X. And when that never came out, these pumpkin beers are still sitting on the shelf. I, I think when you look at that in particular, I, I, there's a larger discussion there with the death of the seasonal item or the rotational beer and more of the resurgence of the core brand and the focus of the core brand than a COVID-19 discussion.
0: That's true uh and I mean we're we're talking I guess retail in general, and we we don't need to always be focusing on what it's like here during covid because there have been trends over the past couple of years of seasonal beers going down, correct
1: yeah, absolutely I, and, I mean, but there's you're, been... and you're seeing breweries sort of re sort of shake out their portfolios where. If you have that solid core brand to sort of keep your lights on, you're seeing less seasonal selection and less your innovation isn't coming out the way that it used to years and years ago. And also some of that has to do with, you know, the death of the 750 um, large format bottles, which were relatively inexpensive to produce multiple items because you could buy a case of bottles sticker them and they were large format so they were eating up a decent amount of volume at the same time of liquid when you look at a can unless you're going to do mobile canning or um, you know sticker a can your profit margins with both of those options aren't nearly as good as a printed can but you have to order so many printed cans for it to be worth your while so you're seeing a lot of breweries as package size decreases Trend-wise, you're seeing a lot of breweries move away from as much innovation on a regular basis. More planned innovation, I guess, is probably the best way to put it.
0: And while the the whole seasonal concept has gone down, it hasn't stopped breweries from releasing limited items that are quote-unquote seasonal in how they come out. But it seems like a lot of the seasonal gimmick is going away so you're not putting out a summer ale or a pumpkin beer or a spiced beer during winter anymore you might put out like a special type of ipa during that or a hefeweizen, something that doesn't necessarily scream out this is that season uh because as we 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 know those types of things once that season is over or getting close to over people move away from it because they think that it's old and it doesn't really fit with what what season they're in anymore so this allows i I would assume a product to stay relevant a little bit longer past what a season would be.
2: I disagree a little bit with Mike only because I think we need to keep in mind that you know we still come from Florida we have that Florida perspective, and we've definitely shifted away from you know, the pumpkin shit and everything like that. So, you know, I I, I think places like Chicago and, and other, you know, big cities like that could probably get away and, and still do, uh, you know, those special seasonals, whether it's the summer beer, the winter beer, the Oktoberfest, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I just think it, it's a little bit different culturally here in Florida. But when you talk about the 750s, like remember how they used to indicate some sort of specialness to them or they would indicate the seasonality of the beer because it was like you'd always have your small format cores and then, boom, here comes, like, the big bottle. It was almost like all the little Marvel, Marvel movies and then, you know, the Avengers. You know what I mean? It's a terrible analogy, but, you know, it's like those go away and all of a sudden you've got, you know, a what is it, like a 375 of Parabola sitting next to you know just some regular beer on the shelf so it's weird how what it does to the, the the specialness of of a beer when it's the same size and doesn't really come across with that large format like special look
0: i i get what you mean there um it, it definitely makes things stand out and you still see some of those there i mean uh, the the amount of like brewery special releases that you see on the shelves uh now Uh, I'm talking about the brewery like uh, I saw a ton of like their bottles and then their cans and it's it's a little overwhelming and I know that they have moved to using four packs of six of tall boys for some of their stouts and sours now which looks a little weird to me because I don't know that that brewery looks a little weird to me from when I first started getting into them. Uh, they've made a lot of uh change in focus, and they have three different brands like under their family now. Um, but they're doing what they need to do to to stay relevant and increase sales, and and, and so on. So kudos to them for that. But you still see some of them. But yeah, I I I, I kind of agree with what Phil was saying. Is you don't see those rogue uh twenty two ounce bottles anymore on the shelves and if you do they're they're uh (laughs) they're probably very old stone you don't see too many bomber bottles of their stuff anymore uh on the shelves Uh, i i think it's usually just the ones who like that beard absolutely calls for it whether it be like cascade with their sours still being in the 750s or bell like specific Belgian-styled beers that are bottle-conditioned and whatnot. Sure, they could go to a 375 or, or or something like that, but I think a lot of them have stuck to their guns with those, um, but you don't see as many of them anymore.
1: Well, the package size discussion brings up something fun, which was Joel this past week sent a picture of a nationally distributed brewery. Um, I believe they're nationally distributed. They're one of the top-tier breweries. Uh, yep. Top top 50, um, and they had, it, it was a lineup of the same exact beer and a 19.2, a 16 ounce, a 12 ounce can, and a 12 ounce bottle. And internally, we had an interesting discussion in regards to it being overkill or not overkill, and my initial response was, well, I don't necessarily know if you need that 19.2 because you have that 16-ounce. But what do you guys think about core brand beers moving into different package sizes for different occasions?
0: I I think that that is something that a lot of breweries need to do because you look at certain accounts like stadiums, and they only want large format uh, items of 16-ounce or nineteen You're not going to get a 12-ounce can in there. Um, and that's why I, uh, I assume some of them have those options. Um, when I go into a Wawa, they have single cans. They're all 16s or nineteen twos, and they're Nothing 12 ounce uh, as an option to buy as a single. Um, if you have the means to be able to do that, I think that it's great. But I think you also need to know your audience and you don't need to be selling in four different skews of the same item to a liquor store um it especially the nineteen two seems like overkill uh to me
2: well when i you know walk into these stores a lot of times i walk in pretending as if like i'm trying to basically reimagine myself walking in there for the first time as i once did and being completely overwhelmed by the selection which was minuscule back then compared to what it is now and if I were to look at four of the very same beer in four different sizes and packages I'd be like what is this like it would be very confusing to me and to continue on your point of you know maybe having the nineteen twos for the stadiums like well then maybe just allocate them for that and not put them on your shelf next to three other things that are the same thing. Like it's, I just, I I try to think of it, you know, from the perspective of someone who is just getting into beer and it's got to be insanely overwhelming. So to have that much package confusion, i confusion, like, sure. Is it a better selection for them? Yeah. It gives them more choices, but at the same time, like it's got to be confusing to some people. Like what, like why do that?
1: I believe that the the single serve is definitely going to find um, a, a, a new place, which I believe is going to be the on-premise, and, and I'll ask my follow-up question to both of you guys in regards to this in a minute, but A, a Joel... Most of the time, it's up to the retailer, not necessarily the supplier on where they want to sell it. Um, right. If the retailer wants to buy it, the retailer can buy it. And there are occasional packages. I do believe anything above 12-ounce should be considered single-serve. Load it in, uh, unless it's being sold in a four-pack, obviously. But load it into your, you know, give it, give a cooler door. Um, there's uh, a large, there's actually several liquor stores in the area that do cooler doors of single-serve nineteen twos and 16-ounce uh, cans. I think that's fantastic. Wawa does fantastic. Um, if if all C-Store chains could sort of mimic what Wawa is doing when it comes to their beer selection, it's it's fantastic. And you are seeing some, you know, 7-Eleven, Circle K racetracks, uh, gates up in the north a little bit. Um, it, people are picking up on that, and they're seeing that there is a desire for craft beer and single serve, um, as well as six-packs and 12-packs. You're seeing those... Um, package size availability and within that premise in particular really grow. My question to you guys is coming in and I'm going to circle this back to a COVID discussion so that we can get back on pace. But as the on-premise reopens and you get comfortable enough to bring your families out into a bar or a restaurant or even just yourself, would you be more apt to drink a draft beer or a 16 ounce can?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Um, because right now I would probably go with the package unless they had disposable, uh, cups for draft. Um, we at, at Copper Point, we just started doing glassware again, uh, in our tasting room this week. We still have the plastic cup option for those who want it. I still use a plastic cup when I'm having a shift beer afterwards uh, I know that I'm I'm creating waste but I use the same cup throughout the entire day for my water and then I I pour my my beer into it and I'm creating waste but I also save a save a glass for from having to be uh, washed and also I just feel a little more comfortable because I know I've had that cup in my possession the entire day but yeah, if they didn't have plastic cups as an option, I would probably get a get a uh, can. Um, uh, I, I actually did that a lot at some places even before this. Uh, there's a Grandview Market right around the corner from my house and we would sit at the the Tiki bar outside there and if I wasn't having a cocktail, uh, they had a really nice uh, selection of tall boys. I'd be like, oh, I'll have one of those. It's only five bucks like so to get a pint for 5 bucks of something in a can I I'm I was for that even before this and I'm probably going a little more towards it now
2: For me I would say it probably doesn't matter uh maybe just depending on exactly where you are I think if you go to a place like you know somewhere we may know that serves maybe their own beer and other draft beer and package, or, you know, some kind of pub or something like that, you know, I think it really depends on where you are and how you know they treat their beer, if you know at all. I think some of the chains, some of the, you know, at least in my personal experience, um, you know, just, I've already been burned before all this, so it's not like, you know, I'm gonna expect anything different or or better after COVID. So, you know, I'm I'm sure there are plenty of places that are sitting on beer and, and hoping to sell it. Um, I wish they wouldn't, but you know, we can't stop them from doing that. But, you know, I I feel like if I were in just some random place I'd probably order, you know, either or and see how it goes. And if I can tell it's old as shit, then, you know, maybe I'll try the other one, you know, switch from package to draft or or vice versa. But I just, I'm already not trusting as it is, so, you know, it, it doesn't matter all that much to me.
0: Also, draft doesn't seem to be as highly available right now uh, in some places. I've, I've been hearing that a lot of the major uh, macro brands, their distributors down here, aren't even buying in kegs from them.
1: I think you're, you're seeing a um... A, a skew rationalization on kegs right now uh, across wholesaler networks um, unless you have a, a pretty high rate of sale. Um, what I'm hearing and seeing is a um, tightening down of the availability of kegs in particular. There, there's still a very high risk. I mean, this past week, we as, as a country, we spiked to the highest number of cases on report. Um, in Florida specifically, we had our largest day of reported cases ever. So there is still a lot of concern about, is there a potential for a second round of a shutdown? And if so, I think a lot of retailers and wholesalers are concerned about sitting on keg inventory. And that's where the package inventory comes in because they still have the ability to sell that to go with more of an ease of use. Um, I personally believe that as we start to see, however, stadiums reopen, and one of the two of you brought up the stadium approach with single serve, I think we're you're almost going to see stadiums pivot a hundred percent to package. Think about those long draw systems and NFL stadiums and NBA uh, facilities. A the expense of waste, um, the cleaning if they clean lines like that. Um, all of that gets eliminated and it literally turns into handing a can or a screw top bottle. Um, I I just think from a cleanliness and a um, safety serving aspect, we're going to see a lot more package in some of these occasion um, drinking spots. But it also
2: creates more trash on their end, you know, and if they have... I mean, do they have any sort of worthwhile recycling program or anything like that? You know what I mean? Like that's exponentially lots more trash to be thrown away in a, you know, sold out stadium.
0: You have plastic cups for the draft that's getting thrown away regardless if it's either a can or a plastic cup.
1: And sometimes they're thicker plastic cups. They're the stadium mugs, or the um, they're not. Or you know, the they're true a twenty-two disposable.
0: ounce uh, cup. Like that's yeah. very large. Yeah, so, I think cool. that there's trash regardless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just I, but, I think these are all discussions that have to happen as we get back into what is normal, and and obviously there's a lot of people that are much smarter than the three of us that hold higher positions, um, and, and, and manage beverage companies. You know, wh- what does it look like? We're in Florida. This is a tourist destination. What does it look like when Disney reopens their doors when it comes to beverage, uh, sales? What does it look like at universal? I was seeing a lot of those, uh, Coke remix machines on the YouTube videos of people going through the walkthroughs of the first few days at universal. And you know, so it's all self-serve stuff, but it, does it move from fountain to package, even in the soda industry at that point in time?
2: I mean, those things are basically vending machines that everyone's touching. So I I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I'll definitely take a 19.2 of Butterbeer at Universal. Oh, that's
1: gross. Just, <laughs> yeah, I guess just make sure you have your little metal pokey thing to open doors and push screens, right? <laughs> you guys all have those, right? Oh, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I've got, I'm like Wolverine. I've got three of them <laughs>
0: on one hand. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, they're all over social media. They they look like little aluminum keys and it has like a little nub where you can touch a touchscreen with it. And then it has a hook to open up a door. Um, the only thing that's missing is honestly a bottle opener on it. And I'm sure you could figure out how to open a bottle with it. So I'm sure. You could shot like a beer with it too.
2: It's like a metal small appendage for your hand that you don't have to actually touch doors or anything. But then again, is it retractable? No, it's it's tiny. It looks like a key, but at the same time, you use this thing all day. Now you've just got a huge pocket full of bacteria. Like if this thing's going to be touching all the doors and screens and shit, and you just keep sticking it back in your pocket instead of just washing your hands.
1: I mean, I heard if you put them in your mouth, it sanitizes it afterwards. Oh, perfect. Perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah cuz it's like like a dog's mouth. It's yeah. it's clean it's cleaner than you put it in your dog's mouth to sanitize it. There you go. <laughs> cuz a dog's mouth and is then cleaner let your than the dog your...
1: kiss you in the mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Um you know, uh, thinking back, I think it was yeah, last season uh for baseball. I went to a game in Philly and I was amazed by the package selection there like so much craft options all 16 and 19 to cans there was a lot of draft too but i mean almost all the regional breweries that can had options there the big boys of course were were there um but I, I would certainly love to see more of that uh when when things start opening back up for stadiums and such i I would much rather, plus you're not, when you're bumping into people, then you're not spilling as much out of the top of a can as you would one of those big clunky cups that they fill all the way to the top. Uh, (laughs) The Iceman pour. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, stadiums have been doing Iceman pours uh, before they were cool on Instagram. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm all for uh, something like that. I'm all for the idea of the single serve, too. Like you were saying, Phil, in the convenience stores, Wawa's the only one who I've uh, ever really recall. So, I mean, you know, at Seven I've seen do that in the past, but they were with the, your macro brands, and then you would have, like, your Quartz of Oldie and, and stuff like that. But more single serve craft options would be great. Pay I remember te- seeing it at Wawa when once.
1: you go in. Uh, there, it's ever increasing, and you're actually starting to see some grocery chains pick it up, as well as uh liquor stores as well.
0: I I remember seeing uh a nineteen two of golden monkey at Wawa for one ninety
1: nine. Yep, holy <laughs> shit!
0: <laughs> yeah, get you some. <laughs>
1: get in trouble with that one. So as, as well, it, it you know so talking about stadiums. What trends do you guys actually see as this past week um, NASCAR's back? They had actually a very uh, newsworthy week. Um, and even though our listeners don't pay attention to NASCAR in particular and have Just voiced one. that concern, um, <laughs> but the NBA, the NFL, um, NHL, MLB all came out this past week with some type of proposal or plan to reopen as professional sports leagues start back up or jump into the playoffs or however it looks does this more positively impact at-home beverage sales or uh on-premise sales in your opinion
0: uh good question i i don't know It, it i think a lot of it will have to do with how the cases keep on uh coming in um I could see it going one way or the other for sure um, like if cases start getting bad uh, off premise taking home I could see getting way bigger than uh, before but if not and people just keep on saying like oh this is over I'm going out I could see the bars getting, getting hopping again because of that and hanging around and watching the games and just being able to be out of their house uh, more than anything
2: Yeah, I agree with Mike. I mean, people are acting like we've defeated this already, and it's on the uptick in many states, so fingers crossed there's no second shutdown, but holy shit, like people just do not seem to care right now. I mean, they're out there, no masks, nothing.
1: I think you're going to see a little bit of both, just simply because you can control the party at your house or your friend's house. You get to control the crowd, you get to control everything, Um, when it comes to the bars, I think you will see some of the large chain or, um, you know, uh, the bars that you keep close to your heart. So, you know, Mike, if you have your one bar that you like to go watch the Eagles play, you're going to go to that Philly bar to watch the Eagles play. Um, so I think you'll have some of those nostalgia bars pop back up. I think you'll see some of the chain restaurants that families feel secure going back into, um, but at the same time, I do believe with unless we're sitting at a hundred percent occupancy, by the time these sports seasons roll in, we are going to see another pop in off-premise sales, in particular liquor, grocery, convenience, um, all as a byproduct of sports coming back. And 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 honestly, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's the closest thing to, uh, quote unquote, normal. Um, I, I I just want to watch life sports. I'm selfish in that manner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember you saying you wanted to bring something up later on in the conversation. Uh, did you already do that?
1: No, not really. Um, I I'm trying to figure out a way to sort of jump into it. But as I guess as we're coming up, you know, towards the end of the topic as it is, um, do you guys see any trends? me personally i see a few trends one was the sports thing but two um i really believe that and and i'm curious to see you guys your take on this um as the stimulus packages start to slow down do we see craft beer can and and specifically off-premise sales because right now we're seeing a spike in off-premise sales people are buying stuff you know You guys, we've all internally discussed, you know, going out and buying bourbon or buying some, you know, some premium products. As the stimulus packages start slowing down, do we start to see craft beer become more of a premium item? And do we see the, almost that pendulum swing back to domestic loggers and cheaper options and more of that price war? Or do we see the death of, or... A, a pausing not necessarily a death of some higher spirits maybe you know those mid-range wine bottles uh high range wine bottles and more people moving over to 12 pack craft beer um it does it impact 16 ounce uh 20 16 ounce haze boy cans um the, how do you guys see the stimulus package and the removal of that and keep in mind this could run for another year two three years with stimulus packages does it does it impact and if so how
0: probably <laughs> should. Like this is a
1: final jump i feel like it. this
2: is like a final report or something like an oral exam uh no i i don't know if anyone's gonna can did you say higher end
1: spirits to craft beer higher end spirits uh higher end wine bottles um you know, I don't, I, the scan data that I've seen, I haven't seen a ton of wine sales. And in fact, a, a handful of reports that I've seen have actually said that high-end wine is actually slipping right now, and now's the time to buy because your availability is there. Um, but I don't know, like right now, we've all we've all considered craft beer as a premium product, and there's those super premiums, which are your $20 four-packs of, you know, hazy IPAs or lactose sours or whatever brewery-only releases. And, and I'm just curious to sort of see where you think the consumer will go and where you will go specifically um, as stimulus packages start to dwindle or be removed. Well, I
2: think it's... Uh, not so black and white. I mean, when this whole thing started, I actually jumped on a ton of macro logger just because I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how long we're going to be locked down, but I do need to get the most bang for my buck. And I'm obviously just going to be sitting here for quite some time. And, you know, I was getting 18 packs of Miller High Life sent to me by Drizzly. Uh, So, you know, that, that was kind of my jumping off. And then it's like, okay, now I need to kind of get some hops. I need to get, you know, something a little more substantial. And then I, I as it went on, I worked my way back and just, you know, through my support behind, you know, behind my friends, which, you know, they've always had my support, but, you know, I would go to like Copper Point and, you know, get some stuff from Mike or uh Barrel of Monks. So, you know, now I kind of have a fridge of just everything. Um But I... <sighs> I don't know if you're going to put it in terms of, of, you know, relation to the stimulus. I think, you know, people are going to try to get the most bang for their buck and still probably try to enjoy what they enjoy, but maybe at a lesser cost somehow. Because, you know, I don't know, I'm not paying that much attention to it only because I don't understand a lot of it. But the, the stimulus, I mean, seems like we're not getting another one. I I don't like, as far as businesses, I have no idea, but like personally, it just doesn't seem like anyone's getting another check and some people didn't get their first ones. There's going to be a lot of, uh, eviction protection that's going away soon. Um, you know, a lot of protections for, um, bills and, and, and things like that are going to start going away and then people are kind of on their own and there are still tons of people out of work. And, you know, I, I've been reading some very doom and gloom articles that, you know, make it like the economy could get so much worse in the next couple of months. So I, I don't think anyone's going to come out unscathed.
0: No, and I, I, I do think that we'll see maybe a small downtick in, in craft sales, uh, sticking with that uh, affordable luxury type of thing. And some of the, the, the fans of it who were maybe more casual fans of it might go back to their more affordable macro options or import options that they used to be on uh, just to be able to stretch that dollar a little further. I think the, the ones who are uh, really into it and uh, maybe are not super impacted, maybe kept their jobs. Uh, or are on unemployment that are making more maybe on unemployment than they were in their normal life are going to probably stick to what they were uh, used to. I mean, I now that our tasting room has been open again for, I think, three weeks now, two weeks now, Uh, actually, I think it's almost a month, Uh, I'm seeing a lot of the old faces, like, almost every single person who was a regular uh has been coming in nearly regularly to have a few beers they're still buying stuff to take home so i mean those are our biggest fans and it seems like they are staying that course but i'm sure there are people who maybe came in every other week or so that maybe aren't aren't coming in as often uh I I think it's going to be those more casual craft fans who maybe dabbled in it and bought like a cool new six pack that they saw at the grocery store here and there that might not be doing that as often.
1: I'll be really curious to see how those average rings start pulling up within tasting rooms and within retail. Um, You know, and and I do plan on asking a similar question when we do get our guest on um, eventually because I believe... I believe you're not going to see a lack of support of the breweries. And specifically, a lot of those, when I bring up the 16-ounce, super premium, $20, $22 four-packs. I think you're still going to see people buying them. I know, speaking personal, I I will happily buy stuff like that. But I think it's going to become more of an occasion beer than an, an everyday beer. Um, I think we're going to start to see maybe... Maybe that regular would come in and buy a case. Maybe they're buying half a case now. Or maybe they're buying, you know, two four-packs instead of buying six. Uh, So how that shakes out once rent protection goes away, um, unemployment, additional stipends go away, things that, you know, for the time being, the economy looks pretty good, um, even though unemployment's at an all-time high. Yeah. So
0: it it definitely will be interesting to see. I mean, I re- I remember I I got a new car a couple months ago and a month in I was like, I haven't gotten any information on how to pay for my car. Uh, so I I tried calling the bank, and they had no live people there. It was all an automated service because they're like, "Yep, our call centers are out," and they're like, "Oh, you can defer payment for three months." I'm like, "Oh, well, let me just look into that," and they're like, "Yeah, you then pay one lump sum at the end." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> like, "No, I'm not. I'm not paying a grand uh, at the end of this." Uh, so. <laughs> through a lot of a lot of help from my uh from the dealership they luckily got me the account number to where i could create my account online and then pay for my car uh
1: and that's but, the thing is uh, how many people are not paying attention to oh i can defer payment awesome fantastic i'll defer payment for three months i'm banking all this money and going out and actually spending it be it through yeah. amazon or you know uh, mail order items i mean i yeah. I, I I think it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely something I'm paying attention to and I'm I'm curious to see I was curious to see how you guys believe it'll all shake out, so we shall see.
0: Yeah. Um anyone have anything to add on to this uh before we, we finish up this topic for now? Yeah. As I
2: was uh browsing the beer aisles, I noticed uh a can with the label design of the hoverboard from back to the future Two, And, uh, felt like it was going to explode and had no day code. So shout out to those guys for wasting that IP. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that my last call?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, do you want that to be your last no, call? Or, no, I want to talk and go about into it. your last call.
2: No, I want to talk about, uh, one way aisles at the grocery store.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: Uh, do you want to do your last call? Are we there? Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, edit that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, keep it. Yeah,
2: I don't want to go
0: first though. All right, Phil.
1: <clears throat> um, I don't have a last call this week. I'm. I... All right, moving on. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I for one am excited for hockey. Uh, to hopefully be coming back soon i am really intrigued by this playoff uh picture that they're putting out there with uh the top four teams in each conference getting a bye but also they're going to be playing round robin against one another to determine the rankings for the top four philadelphia flyers are in the top four of the eastern conference so i'm psyched about that um I I think that this should be a fun fun thing, and and I know that there's not a lot of people. uh, Boo, Phil showing me his lightning hat, uh, but yeah, we'll have to play them in the round robin, and i i like the the creativity that they're getting into this like i know that there's the argument that there's way too many teams involved in this like I think there's only six teams that don't make the playoffs in this uh scenario so it's kind of like a participation trophy but to create something new and unique and get the the hockey fans uh back into it um I think that this is great and I'm looking forward to uh watching some playoff hockey
1: i agree i'm so excited about it
0: joel so for me
2: uh i have been a punisher fan since i was a kid and you know didn't want to get political or anything on this podcast but we do know that there are some uh bad actors if you will uh in the whole social unrest right now who are utilizing the Punisher's logo for, you know, their own purposes and acting as if, you know, somehow they relate to him. And it's really frustrating and it's really infuriating because the creator, Jerry Conway of, of the Punisher, has spoken out against this. He's put together a program to try to somehow, you know, restore and, and recapture the the logo, even though it's, it's sort of an anti-hero. You know, he's trying to bring it back for a positive purpose, and um, you know, I've seen all these horrible articles calling for like just you know just Marvel to just end the Punisher. Just it's it's too problematic. Just get rid of it, or um, you know you know just just horrible articles just saying that like the Punisher should go away and all this shit. and you know some are even saying that there's nothing Marvel can do, which is horseshit because like Disney owns Marvel and they sue over their IP all the time. And if you have people using, you know, a logo, which, by the way, like, Marvel is not selling any of these products that people are wearing. Like, you don't get these at the comic shop. You know, these are patches that are, you know, sold third-party online, stickers, you know, from bullshit websites. So, you know, they're fucking misappropriating a beloved character to a lot of people, and who's fictional, by the way. It's not like you're actually holding up, you know... It's like it's like imagine if these guys were running around with fucking Superman logos and shit. So, um, yeah, it's just these people need to stop using the logo. Marvel needs to fucking do something about you know taking it back and not you know send a CND or some shit. But uh, you know I, I just I hate seeing my favorite character get misappropriated for bullshit causes and uh, you know it's just fucking frustrating. Yeah, I hear you on that.
0: Alright, well anyone want to plug their social or anything else? Phil? Uh,
1: You can find me at ppalmissano77 on Instagram and dosvirios on Twitter on the rare occasion that I'm on Twitter.
2: What is the 77? Because we know you're not that old.
1: It was my uh, football number.
2: Ah.
0: Nice bit of uh, trivia there. There you go. (laughs) joel florida d-u-h brewer on twitter and instagram Uh, you can follow me at mike loves beer on twitter and instagram you can follow the show on twitter at united we drink on instagram at united we drink pod we're also on facebook if you like to like things on there Uh, you can also find the show on any of the major streaming services for podcasts whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of those where you can subscribe to the show and listen to them on the device of your choice at your leisure. Uh, if you want to support the show financially by buying a shirt, sticker, button, or anything like that, head on over to our store, unitedwedrink.com store, and you can pick something up there. Um, otherwise, we'll be back here in two weeks. For a brand new episode hopefully with a guest we'll see how that works out um in the meantime everyone stay safe out there be cool to one another be excellent to one another bill and ted uh trailer dropped this week so uh or last week rather so we'll see you then cheers you. enjoy our beast.